Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah! Yes! Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my god, yes! Awesome! Please listen carefully. to our show, Queer Nundrum. I am your host, Holly Greystone. And I'm your other, I'm going to say it, more fabulous co-host, Gary oh. M. Thorin Jr. You yeah, know what? I, we, I should have a red, <laughs> we should have a red carpet off where we have like, we show up on a red carpet, we have a live feed, people vote and say which one of us is the most fabulous. And we should have certain categories and then it's the average number of that those categories that determine our level of fabulousness. Well, you understand me being a gay man, I just have more fabulousness than you do right off the bat. You know, that's Oof. just the way it goes. You have a good <laughs> argument there. I'm, you know, we might have to handicap you a little bit and give you a few extra points just to keep up with my <laughs> awesomeness in that. So, you know, I'm here for it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> okay. I mean, granted, if we were going with handy and reliable, you would win. But, you know, that that's <laughs> <laughs> handy and reliable. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to somebody recently uh I can't remember exactly how it came up but they were like it was something like when you you know what is the one thing you think of when you think of Holly and they're like well if I was stranded in the desert she's the one person I would want there I think we've talked about this on the podcast before and it's like but wait a minute I don't want to be stranded in the desert like I don't want to be the survivalist. Like, why am I still on that list for people? It's... I would not want to strand you in the desert because I know how you are with heat. Yeah. So that would be, I don't know how much use you'd really be because you'd be going, oh, I'm so dying. Oh my God. Oh, right babe. now, right you... now in the middle of winter, it feels like I'm in a desert. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, I'm talking about 10 years ago, how you were. I mean, even, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not big. Physical fitness and everything. You go, oh my God, the heat. I have to do the this. Heat. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm a fan of heat to a point. I don't like the dry heat and I don't like the high, like moisture, humidity, heat where your body can't cool okay. off. Okay. So you don't like dry heat and you don't like high humidity heat. So you don't like heat. Hun. I don't know where to put this. <laughs> I don't I like you know, saunas. <laughs> I love saunas. I love going to, to spas and and going into like the steam rooms and the hot soaks. And okay, so you understand that's humid. Yeah, but those are okay. Oh that oh uh, like the Florida humidity is not okay. Well there's that whole statement there, there's so many things wrong with that statement anyway, that Florida, I mean, let's start with Florida and move our way, uh -huh. you know? Yeah, you know, <laughs> okay. we should, we should just start there. I got, I got to, it just seems like a lot of queer news is coming out of Florida. I, I look forward to the day where Florida is like one of the queerest capitals of the country because of how much hate is coming out of there from the leadership and it just completely flips and it becomes the, 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 the rebirth of of queer safety is that's my hope that's the energy i'm putting out there into the universe that will free florida from all this hate and negativity from all the awesome people there that are pushing back that's my hope well you know and it's weird when you i mean it used to be kind of one of the sanctuary places it was a place right. where you know and it's like what in the holy fuck has happened in the last 20 years <laughs> i know somebody forgot to babysit florida and remind them. Oh, <laughs> I became a spoiled brat. That's like going. <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it, and okay, I'm doing some stereotyping here. So, oh, uh, of course, yeah, this is not okay. a, a statement for every member of everybody living in Florida. Well, but I'm just, yeah, but it's weird that there was a time period when the main people who seemed to live there were older Jewish people and gay men. You know, I mean, yes, I know they're more than that, but that. And I mean, Jewish people tend to be much more on the liberal side than you've got gay men, you know? And so I'm not sure when this balance of power happened where that wasn't the people who were making laws down there anymore, you know? So that that's where I, but, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd be some... really careful where I walk on this one because I don't want people to. No, oh, there's a bunny rabbit outside. Oh, I see a bunny. Got... 
<laughs> distracted by a squirrel, aka bunny. No, it it's a general statement, and and yeah. I think I think many of the folks in Florida who are just frustrated with the situation feel the yeah. same way. They're like, God, Florida, why? And it's like it's their state. I mean, I I have those moments with areas of Washington State where we have the Tri Cities oh, yeah. area passing anti-trans uh, laws um and one bathroom laws kind of one gender yeah. bathroom laws and and i'm there's people there they're just like come on washington it's like we all have those moments i think with our with our individual states but i don't know i hold on so, to that hope for florida yeah. we'll see what happens so so not queer but there are our queer family members who do this tomorrow is monday um october 2nd so you probably you know Hopefully you'll be listening to this tomorrow, but if not, uh, but whatever, whatever. Tomorrow is National Custodian Day. So please oh. honor your custodians tomorrow. So I, I so um, appreciate our custodians. Oh shit. They I, they have one of the worst jobs and they they do it and they, they do keep it and they show up. Yeah. I was uh supervising a team of um janitors a few years ago and it it was actually during COVID and they were just exhausted, absolutely mm -hmm. exhausted. The previous uh, manager probably was burnt out and just overwhelmed in what they were doing. And it just had like, it just had this lasting effect on the people that were working there. And <clears throat> I came in and I, I had implemented some things just to make to kind of streamline things. I didn't think it was appropriate that the janitors had to go four floors down just to get their cleaning supplies to do the fourth floor. So I yeah. found rooms on every single floor and fully outfitted every single one of those rooms to meet the needs for not only the floor, but if there was like spills, chemical spills, biohazard, things like that on every single floor. And of course, back stock and everything stayed in the main storage area, but it's like, there's no reason why these individuals had to go all the way down to come all the way back. And like, no, just here you go. Like you should have this. And yeah. that first little sign of, oh, wow, somebody's listening, somebody cares, open the door to um, having co good conversations about how we can solve some other issues that they were more aware of, the management was. Yeah. And then when it got pretty bad, we had shut down, we had a full building shut down and we were like, I was like, we're going to deep clean. We're, we're yeah. shut down. We're going to wash literally ceiling down. And they were just like, God, why? I was like, Nobody's using the bathrooms. There's no reason for us to scrub the bathrooms. And I want to keep you fully employed and through this these next two weeks. And I showed up ready to go. And I was cleaning and scrubbing with them. And I yeah. took the dirtiest jobs possible so that they can just do other things that weren't as, as grooty, like I was cleaning out pipes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it really goes a long way when management just shows up. Not all management has to show up in that way, but just listening to our janitors. I mean, they do so much for us. So yeah. thank you for reminding us that that is coming up. I will keep that in my, in my heart and in my mind. Well, yeah, I know. And I always say that my mom, she was, uh, that's, she supported us uh, basically a single mom for years as a housekeeper and that same. So it's like, yeah, that's, you know, so it's something that, you know, it's near and dear to me on that. So yeah. Anyway, well, thank so. you for, for sharing that. I appreciate it. So how's life? How are you doing? Before we jump into our our news for the day, I'm doing, uh, you know, again, doing really well. I am I'm house sitting for a friend, more dog sitting for a friend. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, I was just sharing with you. I was um, usually do this podcast from my iPad, and the other day their internet just went down in the middle of my iPad doing an update. And so now my iPad is tits up. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm sure I'll be able to get it working again at some point. Mm -hmm. But right now it's just it's frozen. It won't do a fucking thing. So you that might have was, to do a hard reset on it. And that's what I'm trying. And it's not working for me. So I have to take it into an Apple shop and go here, make it work. But we'll see. Anyway, but until then, I'm using this great laptop I have, which I hardly ever use. So it's not the end of the world. Um, and I'm, I will say that, you know, it, more than make up for it because where I'm staying right now, um, she has a sauna. And before I did this podcast, I had a nice sauna. So, um, Forgot. So, you know, I need, to, I, I need to house set air quote house set so I can use the sauna. I forgot that they have that. 
Oh yeah, no, it was, it was um, it was actually really nice this morning because with the change in weather, my allergies have come a little crazy, and so the sauna just cleared it all out nicely. It's like, oh, thank mm -hmm. you. So I just I woke it. up this morning with that same thought. I was like, gosh, allergies. It's yeah. the season. Oh yeah. So no, I am. So and that's so doing that. I'm house sitting, dealing with. It, it's very weird. It's I'm feeling very discombobulated because I. I have some stuff here, but the rest of my stuff is back at my house. And so I'm having to, all of a sudden I go, oh, wait, I need that, but I'm not there. Do I really want to travel the whole eight miles away to go get it? Yeah. <laughs> like, and so um, dealing with that. Uh, and then Dean is visiting friends this weekend. So I'm kind of house sitting both places. So yesterday I went to make sure the kitties were okay. They yelled at me for not being around. They were going, How where dare the hell you? Have you been? I know where the hell have you been? You left us with the mean one, you know. So because you know, we both know how mean Dean is, you know. So oh awesome. gosh, yeah, so mean. I, so, um and yeah. they had the dog that I'm dog sitting, who we can't have. At where dean and i live so that's why i'm at this house, house oh city. sure so but it's um they yeah, were, we were supposed to have a dog date yesterday just so you oh, know. know max and is upset I, you know, he'll be okay but he's upset i know <laughs> honestly part of it i was more hoping to get together with the puppies to use up some of 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 the dog's energy oh at sure energy because she's kind of energetic as we all know not as energetic as she used to be but there's still energy there so in the end last night i did take her out for a nice long walk and there's a point where she just said fuck no i'm done and literally <laughs> sat down in the middle of the sidewalk said no i'm done but i'm like okay honey we still have i'm not <laughs> carrying you so we're gonna have to make it home now so <laughs> so that was like <laughs> i'm just picturing her because she's just a big lovable lug of a dog just yeah. being like done it's like yeah and she was you're like 80 pound dog i'm not gonna drag you oh uh, a little bit more than that i the vet is wanting i guess her to lose 10 pounds okay yeah that's a lot on a dog so it's like, yeah so. that is a lot on a dog okay so yeah. i was told i couldn't give her treats um the only thing i have given her is i did go buy some minties because her breath is atrocious oh my god so i just like go, i i i gotta give you this treat and yeah. she's one of the few dogs in who actually eat those damn things so i, I, I max it. max will eat them i haven't tried that with the puppies but max will <laughs> eat them anyway <laughs> so that's been kind of my life i've been uh, back and forth yeah back and forth work working you know dealing with being you know grandpa you know which is sure. you know that kind of shit so that's that's where i've good shit that's been my that's been yeah it's all been good shit to a degree you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um I've been really, I, the other thing is I've been really bad since house sitting about just getting food at a local fast food place or uh, something on my way home going, okay, I need to stop that, but I haven't yet. Yeah. Um, when you have I, a, oh, a big change in routine like that, it, it's hard yeah. to to maintain. So. And I found my new addiction. Ooh. Oh my God. Cotton candy ice cream has become a new addiction. I know. Ew. I know. And it's just got me where Ew. I just, I've got some in the freezer calling out my name right now. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. Well, I love cotton candy anyway. It's like one of my, I I don't, I, I get it. It's sponge sugar. I get it. And oh my, my mouth is water just talking about cotton candy. Um, And I just, Oh my God. It's just one of my favorite. It's my, my, uh, it just become my new fucking addiction. It's just like, I'm like Jones and oh yeah, just give me a little bump to get over the night. Okay. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> one scoop. I can do it. You right. know, when you go to like, you go to like county fairs and stuff, it's like, it's cotton candy or like the elephant ear. Like it's like yeah. one or both. I have never been a big cotton candy type. Uh -huh. It's just not something I really cared for. I don't know if it's the texture or flavor or what. It's just, it's okay. Yeah. But um, elephant ears, though, and I've only, and only at the fair, yeah. because I know, like, one, it's just not as good anywhere else. Like, it has no. to be there. It has to be in the around the sounds of all the people having fun and the music and the and the games. And the 12 and day that, old grease is being deep fried in it all. Yeah, it has to be that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just not the same. <laughs> 
Like I'm not like a big donut fan or anything like that. Although I do appreciate a good donut. Um, I still that place that you took us to when you were living in LA, that vegan place. Yeah. Oh my God, that's still the best donuts I've ever had. What it's was the from, name of that place again? They are called Donut Friend. We call them Donut Fiend because uh, they just have lo- a line of Donut Fiends out I the door. I hope they're just, still going because when are. you told me vegan donut, I go, yeah, okay, whatever. What the fuck? Okay, sure, uh-huh, I'll try it. Uh-huh. Oh but it was my good. God. So good. <laughs> yeah. And, and it yeah. feels good eating too. So yeah. Yeah, it because was, you're eating healthy wink, healthy wink. yeah donuts. yeah uh last i heard uh because we were down there not too long ago they were still in operation um but yeah they're yeah you're right good good food like, yeah it's still <laughs> and it's weird i you know we're gonna have sorry you, you get me on donuts now i have never been a fan of voodoo donuts i'm gonna say it they're not they're okay i experienced the voodoo yeah but um Ever since Donut Friend, though, so good. Well, and see, I will say the best donuts I've ever had in my life. I will say one of the nice things about living where I did in Texas. Oh my God, they had. I mean, first of all, they had like donuts almost in every street corner. I mean, so oh, like when we do coffee, they do donuts. Oh my God, yeah. Trying to Starbucks, trying to find Starbucks was a hard one. They had them, but not. But oh yeah, nope. You could any corner they had donut shops and fried chicken. You know, so interesting. Oh yeah, so okay. very regional thing there. So, uh, all right. So anyway, what, any um, any any fun stuff with you, or just living life? Just living life. I've been doing a lot of stuff with getting our building ready, and it's yeah. getting close, which I'm excited about. Um, been working with some community leaders on addressing some communication things that we'd like to see kind of come out of our out of our city. Um, yeah. and I think that's I think that's pretty much every city it's just having increased oh, yeah. communication moving away from just notification and, and going more to the communication piece um i was recently made aware i don't know if you know this but fema is going to be releasing uh a, some sort of notification on october 4th and even if your phone is on silence it will play the sound out loud oh. it will go through those those um silent features or whatever and I was I was talking to someone about, you know, hey, we have better communication from our government. And they were like, yeah, how about this? And they brought it up. And I'm like, yeah, that would be a really good thing to know. Because if you are, let's say you are in an abusive relationship and you have a, a, a phone hidden to call family or somebody on an emergency because you need to you need to yeah. get out or whatever. And that phone is on silence and note and, and not disturbed and it's hidden somewhere in the house. It, this notification that's going to be pushed out will still go through and play that sound. Uh, and so I was like, God, you know, I never, I haven't thought about that. That's, I mean, that's a communication piece to be, to begin with, but why am I finding this out through a podcast? I, you well, know, so what is the, what, what is it going? What's the, is it some alert? You know, I think it's, I think it's a new, I, I, you know, I should have had this pulled up when we were talking, but um they i think it's just like a new it's like a test like an emergency test okay yeah it's a nationwide emergency alert that is scheduled for october 4th um and it's to ensure that the systems continue to be effective and warning the public about emergencies um so there you go i mean that that i mean it's it just came up in the conversation uh with our community leaders about that could level you send of me that link just so I can remind people where I work about it so they don't tweak out about it. I would appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, FEMA.gov. It's a, but yeah, I'll okay. just copy this link and I'll, I'll drop it to you. In fact, for our listeners, I'll put it in our, our listening notes so that you can, you can see that as well and, and just be prepared. Um, I just, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. just okay. so drop my phone, just throwing my stuff everywhere. Um, <laughs> I've been working on building things. I've got a few projects around the house that I got done, which is great. Just been getting ready for winter because winter is here. Um, I got a shed done. I have some bookcases done. I have a few more I'm going to build. I'm, I'm looking around the room as I as I talk about it. And I've been working a lot in, in painting. I've been painting a lot more, just art, uh-huh. artistically, doing some painting. And Good. I have it's a friend. Who, therapy. Yeah, I have a friend whose birthday is today. And 
um, their wife is is making dragon cupcakes. And then I painted uh, this little statue, uh, what, I don't know what you call this. Ah, so throwing it on the ground and you're not looking because you're not paying attention. Pay attention Sorry. to me. Look at me when I'm I talk listening to you. To you. God. <laughs> I was looking. And, I was. I was forwarding the the link you sent me to pe to other people that I love, and so they don't freak out. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So I've been painting these little mini statues or wow, whatever really figures cool. or whatever. And so I painted this one for for that friend, and uh, I look forward to giving that to them. I think they're going to really appreciate it. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So besides that, I'm just I'm doing I'm still doing my rehab on my knee. Uh, it's mm -hmm. not getting better, but I'm, I'm maintaining my strength and positivity that things are going to work out, and we'll find out in the next two weeks or so what what the what the final prognosis is going to be. Remind me after. The podcast, I have a question to ask you about something you might want to help with. Okay. But, yeah. So, all right. The thing about right. <laughs> I just wrote a, I wrote a note here Q for G. Anybody else reading that code is going to be like, what's a Q for G? And I'm like, <laughs> you don't know, do you? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Makes me think like when you find these things in archaeology, you know, from 4,000 years ago, and it's like these weird, like pic pictogram language oh, yeah. that we don't understand, but somebody at some point understood and maybe it's their shorthand and they're going to read q for d we don't know what that means but i bet it's a god of some kind right it's like yeah. we don't well, know it is it is it I mean, is it is, it's yeah, a g, it really is. capital g god g <laughs> i do the same thing when we do like wine and paint night right we have wine and paint yeah. night and people are painting their painting and they're like oh my painting is so terrible and they're experienced painters and they're so hard on themselves i'm like i wonder if Picasso felt that way. I wonder if these great artists that their work is currently on display and worth millions of dollars, wonder if that was their wine and paint night painting that we have. That they're just like, yeah, this is a this is a garbage painting. And they tossed it off to the side and somehow it survived and made it to a museum 200 years later. I'm like, you never know. You're just practicing today. I just who was the artist who just recently died? I'm trying to remember uh painter yeah um i don't know i mean obviously I we know uh, we know about our late supreme court um uh champion diane Fe feinstein who passed yeah. which i'll That's be talking about, i'll be talking about in my news here in a minute well and actually let's just I, unless you're we could i'm done yeah i didn't know if you had anything else all right let's, no. let's, no, let's jump right into it yeah, let's um, go. Go crazy. Are so you I'm there? Just, crazy. So I'm just going to touch on a few few items here, but mainly I'm going to be talking about Miss um, Feinstein here. But um, just on our conversation earlier about Florida, there's a progressive Florida church that is rallying against DeSantis over the LGBTQ abortion and school laws that they've been pushing. So this group is protesting the new Florida law that is related to the instruction of LGBTQ issues, gender-affirming care for transgender people, drag shows, diversity and inclusion in higher education, and it and including its uh, six-week abortion ban. Now this you can you can find at the MiamiHerald.com news um, under their uh, local education. Uh, category and the link will be in our notes below it I, I love the fact that there's churches churches that are pushing back on this and, and we need more of our community leaders doing that and i love that this is happening for florida i i hope that they continue the good fight there uh out of tennessee and uh texas uh federal appeals court on thursday allowed the tennessee and kentucky excuse me i, I think i may have misspoke earlier uh, Tennessee and, and Kentucky to enforce their laws banning gender-affirming medical care for minors, such as puberty blockers, hormones, and surgery. By a two-to-one vote, the Cincinnati and Ohio-based Sixth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected a challenge by families of transgender children who had argued that the ban discriminates on the basis of sex. The ruling is, a, is the second by the federal court upholding such laws after the 11th circuit ruled uh, uh, ruled out of Alabama. Um, but on the other side of the ledger, the federal court districts of 
Arkansas, Florida, and Georgia and India have overturned uh, some of their bans. And they're, and uh, as stated in, I think it was the Montana court, if I recall. Um, so there's, I mean, there's, there's still obviously a lot of division across our country. Um, and it is really just the state by state BS of things that are happening. Uh, we've seen this time again, you and I have talked about it on this podcast before we have a long history of where we regress in, in our, in protection for the queer community. And then we pro then we move forward and we have a lot of progress and then we, and then we regress. And I feel like we're still in that ebb and flow of that regressing, but still pushing back and, and that forward progression, uh, moving on to the California Republicans. They are their fight over softening their stance against the abortion and same-sex marriage. So the Republican candidates in California this week um, for the second presidential primary debate, another showdown between the state party members has been um, quietly bubbling in the back, um, you know, behind the scenes, as it were, heading into the 2024 election. The California GOP convention set to take place this weekend, which is sat, it actually took place on Saturday, they will they engaged in contentious debate over proposals to the state's party's platform um, to soften the language against the abortion and same-sex marriage. So they're looking to remove language in the current platform that specifically states that life begins at conception and that marriage is defined as a union between one man and one woman. So that same old, same old BS they're trying to push over in California, um, which brings me to some some really sad news um, as we talked about going into this um, with Diane uh, Feinstein um, passing. It, it was, I mean, she, yes, she was ninety, and you know, it, it sucks. Um, regardless, it just it was a huge loss for California, a huge loss for the United States. For those who do not know, uh, she was consistently supported anti-discrimination laws that prohibited discrimination on the basis of sex, sexual orientation and gender identity. She's been an advocate for measures of the ENDA, which is the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, uh, which aimed at protecting the LGBTQ plus individuals from discrimination in the workplace. Um, she has had just a general broad commitment to civil rights and equal treatment under the law. Um, she served uh, as the in the as a U.S. Uh, in the U.S. Senate. Um, she was pro marriage equality. Um, pro she's she supported the repeal of the Don't Ask Don't Tell, which prohibited openly gay individuals from serving in the U.S. military. She's just she was a very big advocate. Um, she actually, I don't know if you knew this, Gary, but she and Harvey Milk actually served together in San Francisco's, uh, in San Francisco in the, in the 1970s. Um, they both served on the board of supervisors and, um, they, even though they differed in their political differences, they still supported the gay community, equal rights, women's rights, um, just social justice causes. And they were, they're both champions. And when, um, Harvey Milk was assassinated. It really pushed her further into fighting for those rights and serving long term in politics. Well, yeah, she was the one who actually. She's the one who, sadly, was the one who had got to announce that he had been. So yes, it's, yeah. So you were okay. Really, yeah. No, but no, that's that. So yes, she was ninety, and probably yes, she should have given up the reins a while ago, but. Wow, she really up until the very end was mm -hmm. for for women and, and queer rights. So yeah, yeah. If I recall correctly, she was the interim mayor after because that that yep. when Harvey was assassinated, so was the mayor, uh George Muscone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. George so. Muscone. And so she ended up being um the interim mayor and acting mayor uh following that assassination and really in that crisis and that power vacuum and, and all these things that were happening, she was her ability to maintain calm and uh, assume those roles, uh, that role as a mayor really garnered a lot of support and pushing her uh, again into that 
um, in, more into the politics and, and representing her her state. Um, and she, yeah, I, it's devastating to 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 lose another amazing human being and champion of just human rights in general. Um, so I know that's not our our topic for the day, but I, I think I think we could probably carve out some time in a future podcast where we can go a little bit more into um, her work and and the legacy that she leaves behind. But I wanted to take a moment here just to recognize this amazing human being who did so much for our community. And there oh, are, yeah. and, and there are still many other people that are showing up and and uh, and supporting our community and fighting for our community. And um, I hope that they take hearts and look at this legacy this woman left behind and and use that to propel them forward and fighting for equal rights. I, I agree. And we now need to move forward and get some younger blood in the Democratic Party. <laughs> Prayers from your yes. mouth to God's ears. All right. <laughs> I'll drop the link to that uh, information in our podcast notes. So carry on. All right. Um, so is it my turn? All right. So I'm going to be talking about a person today. <laughs> a person today person today who um, between 1928 and 1932 was one of the top five box office draws. I am going to bet that most people don't know who I'm talking about. You said 1920s? 1928 to 1932. Okay. Um, Big box office, one of the top five all those years. He okay. successfully transitioned from silent films to talkies, one of the few who was able to do that. Okay. Um, now, Holly, my question is, have you ever heard of Charles William Haynes? No. So this is the actor we're talking about. Um, he was a remarkable figure who made a name for himself in Hollywood as an actor and later in the world of interior design. He is actually one of the rarefied actors who successfully transitioned from silent films to talkies. William, or Billy Haynes, as most people know him, story is one of bravery and ultimately an amazing love story. He was willing to give up his very successful career in movies as a leading man because he would live a lie. So buckle up, Holly, and let's learn a little bit about this. This fabulous person. Yeah. Um, so Billy Haynes's life began in Stanton, Virginia, on January 2nd, 1900. Though he liked to claim he was born on New Year's Day. I mean, I, you know, okay, dramatic flair, new, new century, you know, being born. So Haynes was the third child of his family. And despite some early family hardships, or maybe because of it, he developed a deep fascination with the world of stage performance and motion pictures. He'd spent hours watching silent films in local theaters. And I'm taking an educated leap here, but I'm going to assume this is where he started learning how to, how to quote unquote, make love to the camera. At just 14, young William decided to run away from home, accompanied by a mysterious, quote unquote, boyfriend, and we don't really know. This is just the stuff you look at. Sure, also. sure. We 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 don't know. There's literally nothing about it. So that could all just be lore. We have no clue. But but also I don't don't care. Like I care, no. but I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. But um they ended up in Richmond and later in Hopewell, working at a local DuPont factory. They even opened a dance hall that may or may not have doubled as a brothel. When you really look into it, the more history you can find on it. It probably was, but hey, that that's what they did. Um, but despite these wild adventures, he didn't return home, choosing instead to support his family financially by sending them money. After some amazing twists and turns, Haynes made his way to New York City in 1919 and settled in the vibrant Greenwich Village gay community. I mean, how long has this been a vibrant? I mean, this has been. I mean, I mean let's be honest. Still is, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love so. We're talking about icon, like icon locations throughout the United States. That's one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, so he ended up there in 1919. 
Um, he tried various jobs and even served as the kept man of an older woman. Eventually, he transitioned into modeling. He had yeah, um, he's a it's, cutie. It's, yeah, I mean, he is. I mean, you wouldn't. I mean, at the time, he was. I, I yes, I find him cute. I would not have guessed modeling, but you know how times change, you know. So I get to me, it's that kind of that Tom Hanks kind of vibe to him. So um, okay, yeah. I'm looking at looking at his picture, I could kind of see that a little bit. Yeah, you know. So I mean, just the, anyway. So um, so there's some after some twists and turns. Haynes made his way uh, to New York. La da da. Sorry, went back. Uh, <laughs> and here's where the story gets interesting. A town scout by the name of Bijou Fernandez. I love that name. Isn't that just a? I mean, that's like Bijou Fernandez. He. It sounds like he belongs in a romance novel. (laughs) He probably came from. He probably came from one. Oh, probably. Discovered (laughs) Haynes as part of the Golden Pictures New Faces of 1922 contest. With the allure of Hollywood calling, he packed his bag and set off to California along with Eleanor Boardman, another contest winner. Now, Haynes' Hollywood career started slowly. He landed some extra and bit parts, but nothing too significant at first. His big breakthrough came with, with the Midnight Express in 1924, which has nothing to do with the 1970s Midnight Express, which starred Brad Davis, another queer icon, which at some point we will probably talk about. Um, where he garnered favorable reviews and caught the studio's eye, but saw to play small roles at Goldwyn. Um, it was in his role in Brown of Harvard in 1926 that really put him on the map. He played the part of a young, arrogant man who gets humbled by the end of the story, a role he would revisit in different forms in the coming years. By the late 1920s, he was in demand in a popular box office draw. The transition from silent films to talkies was a major moment in Hollywood history. Haynes made his shift successfully, and his first part talkie film, alias Jimmy Valentine, in 1928, was a hit. He even had to take elocution lessons for it, comparing the advent of sound to the discovery of clap in a nunnery. That's yeah. So anyway, look it up. Uh, look it up. <laughs> For those who who didn't hear my head shaking and the very confused, <laughs> very confused look on my face, <laughs> he just he looks at me like, yeah, you you know, just, no, you don't know, you don't. Okay, you don't look, know. Look All up, right, yeah. <laughs> look it up. Look it up. <laughs> His first all-talking film, Navy Blues, came the following year. In fact. He was such a hit that the 1930 Quigley poll, which surveyed film exhibitors, listed him as the top box office attraction in the country. That's no small feat. Yes. You keep question. saying he went from silent films to talkie what? Talkies. I've never heard. I'm assuming this is what we know as film now. Yeah, they they I, were originally. So for those of you young listeners, and actually I wasn't around for when this transition happened. Are you but, sure? Uh, Are you sure? We were just talking about Q for G earlier. It's possible. <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, films used to be the thing called silent. Um, and they eventually, the first true, what they consider the first true talkie film. So the first film where there was actual talking in it was The Jazz Singer. Uh, very, um, fairly racist movie now looking back at it that you don't need to ever see but al jolson started that um and so but that became almost immediately uh, a good example of that a, a fun movie to watch would be then singing in the rain where they talk about the oh. transition from from okay silent film. it's been oh. a while but yes okay um and that's a fun it gives you a real lighthearted view of it but it it, it says where a lot of actors who were silent film stars couldn't make the transition because you found out they really couldn't act or their speaking was terrible. That's why he took elocution was to learn how to speak. You notice a lot of people from this time And you notice a lot of actors from this time period, they call it, they have the mid-Atlantic accent, which isn't a true accent. It's not really, it's not English. It's not American. It's this mid-Atlantic. 
because it made it, it seem more upper crust than and than a normal. And they wanted these actors to seem highly educated. Mm-hmm. So that's so anyway. So yeah. So no, so that's just what it Thank is. Thank you. Talk- I know. I we're in, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm just like, wait, no, we need a timeout oh. because I'm like, wait a second. You no, I love that. No, I this love term. Be- I don't know it. I love to be able to talk about knowledge that most people could care less about, but I love. So this is great. No, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad we meet the need. <laughs> um, so anyhow. <laughs> I've lost where I was. Uh, oh, so, uh, uh, so Haynes made this shift successfully and his first uh, part talkie film, I think I did this already. Sorry. Alias Jimmy Valentine, 1928 was a hit. He even had the take elocution. I did read all that. Uh, he was in fact <laughs> right quickly 1930 quickly poll which is basically talking about box office draws he was the number one person um but in 1933 several years later after several years of being box office top five mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. making the best movies he was arrested at a ymca in what they call a compromising position with a Marine. Okay. MGM's Louis B. Mayer mm-hmm. was, you know, at, it, still to most people, you, you may not know, is still, his name is is the epitome of dealing with, with MGM. Demanded Haynes either enter a sham marriage or forfeit his career. Which a so, lot of people were put in that situation around that time for that. Yeah. A lot of people. What is fascinating and wonderful about him is he refused to deny his gay identity. Mm-hmm. MGM terminated his contract. He did a few low-budget pictures that followed. Nothing that ever, you know, capitalized on who he was before Haynes finally abandoned films in 1934. Afterwards, he and Shields, his partner, mm-hmm. began a successful interior design and antique business who had high-profile clients like Joan Crawford, the Bloomingdales, Marion Davies, and Gloria Swanson. Most of you, if you know Joan Crawford now, you know her from the movie about her life called Mommy Dearest. Um, she's never been one of my favorite actresses. I look back at her stuff and it seems fairly old style, but she did win a, an Oscar for Mildred Pierce. And this is about the time period that all happened. And so she had quite a pull. Um, Marion Davies was the lover of of um, William Randolph Hearst, and who is one of the people that the movie Citizen Kane is based off of. Oh, um, okay. And the Bloomingdales. You know who the at least you know of the name Bloomingdale, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, so you know the and um, and Gloria Swanson, who was yeah. at the time one of the biggest box office draws. And then went on to star in, oh my God, my mind just blanked on the name of it, uh, <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. Um, <laughs> and so that, which actually talked about a silent movie star who who stopped uh, stopped making films once it became talkies. And I so that's a fun movie to watch if you've never seen it. And what was it called again? Uh, Sunset Boulevard. Okay. They also made a really good uh, uh, play on it. Andrew Lloyd Webber made a uh, musical on it. Okay. In 1936, the Ku Klux Klan members dragged Haynes and Shields from their home and beat them after a neighbor accused them of propositioning their son. Oh my God. Fearing repercussions, the couple did not report the incident to the police. How so, awful. this, I mean, yeah, so this says how much of it, how strong and brave he was. I mean, to go through this shit and yeah. still, you know, I don't know if I would be able to do that. I mean, so I don't I'm really, know. Yeah. I'm I'm really impressed. Not that so that should be a reason to do it, to be, to impress other people. No. Cause that should never be the case, but oh my God. No, I mean, How tragic. So, and um, so I just, again, talking about the fact that Haynes chose love over his career. Oh, time and time again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mayor fired him, bringing an abrupt end to his acting career in Hollywood. And think about it. He went from being the top five to nothing. 
nothing heard about it. And you didn't, you, most people don't even know who he is. I didn't know who he is. And I'm a fucking, I'm a fucking cinephile. I love this shit. I knew nothing about him. Um, but let's talk a little bit more about Joan Crawford in this whole thing. Okay. Um, she was not just, she was, first of all, I want to say a friend, one of his best friends. Um, but she was also a staunch supporter. When Haynes faced career-ending challenges due to his refusal to enter a sham lavender marriage, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. We have, yeah. It was Joan Crawford who extended a lifeline. Crawford, whose friendship with Haynes went beyond the silver screen, recognized his talent, not just as an actor, but also as an interior designer. She entrusted him with the task of redoing her entire mansion. Wow. Haynes' bold design choices such as an all-white decor for her living room, caused quite, caused quite a stir and catapulted his career in interior design. Now, this is where Haynes' story takes an interesting twist. After leaving Hollywood, he and Jamie Shields embarked on a new career as interior designers and antique dealers. One of their most memorable projects was working on Joan Crawford's home. They also worked again on Gloria Swanson's home, Marion Davies, George Cukor. Do we? Do you know who he is? I don't. Uh, ended up being another closeted gay man. Huge director from this time frame. Was a oh. sought-after director. Okay. Um, and also designed, uh, designed homes for Carol Lombard. Again, probably somebody you don't know. But again, a huge, huge sex symbol. He was, she was, she was the Marilyn Monroe before Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Okay, so there you go. Um, all these things happened because of Joan Crawford. Because she was willing to stick her neck out and go, fuck you, Hollywood. Okay, so maybe <laughs> you're not going to allow him to be an actor. But right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for him. As for his personal life, Haynes and Shields remained committed partners until Haynes' death. They were buried side by side in Woodland Memorial Cemetery in Santa Monica. Now let's talk about what happened after Haynes' death. Yeah. It's truly heartbreaking part of the story. Just a few months after Haynes' death on December 26th, 1973, his longtime partner, Jimmy Shields, took an overdose of sleeping pills on March 6th, 1974. Jimmy left a poignant suicide note that read in part, goodbye to all of you who have tried so hard to comfort me in my loss of William Haynes. Okay. I know. <laughs> I, I know. I'm I, so sorry, man. Who I have been with since 1926. I now find it impossible to go it alone. I am much too lonely. Their love and their love story endured for nearly five decades, and Jimmy's decision to join William in death speaks to the deep bond they shared throughout their lives. And there you have it. I, I I went ahead and read I read ahead and I was like, yeah. I want to know more. And then I saw that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna stop reading because <laughs> it's, this yeah. is sad. And so and there you have it, the incredible journey of William Haynes from a runaway in Virginia to a Hollywood star and later a celebrated interior designer. His story not only a testament to his talent, but his courage in choosing love over fame. Today, his legacy lives on, not just in films, but also in the beautifully designed spaces he created. Williams Haynes truly left his mark on both Hollywood and the world of design. Joan Crawford's unwavering support and belief in his talents played a crucial role in shaping his career and legacy. And to this day, they still have William Haynes Designs offices in New York and in Los Angeles, in New York and Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So this is it's, it's sad it's tragically it's beautiful at the same time yeah i mean it's it's um to think about the fact that that he was willing to i mean in this day and age that's hard to imagine i yeah. can't even fathom at that time period where you could be arrested for being gay well and obviously taken out and beaten from your own like taken from your home yeah. and beaten like 
and, and mm -hmm. still it's like nope this is this is who i am this is who i love and i'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny who i am yeah it's something that um he he's become quite a hero to me just in reading this stuff i and there's some biographies I, I read little bits and pieces of, but nothing that really I would love. I'm hoping somebody out there does a true biography on it where I, my God, I would love to see a movie based on his life. That would because... be, that would be pretty, that would be fast. That would be really fascinating. And, and I think just a great way to kind of hold on to the, that legacy of, you know, our queer histories, you know, telling these amazing these stories about these amazing people and what they've endured and the people that supported them, you know, mm. through that, you know, yeah. we've, we've seen that if, you know, I, it's not likened to, but similar to when Ellen came out, you know, she had, she got a lot of hate in, but also a lot of people showed up and supported her. I'm not defending anything going forward in, in terms of her life, but just that's that we see these people that come out that have potentially ending career ending moments uh, Billie Jean, yeah, uh, famous tennis player, you know, sim similar, like people showed up in support and in, in terms of people trying to hate, hate on her and remove her from the sport. Um, but yeah, I'm wow. going to go, uh, go, go about talking about Ellen DeGeneres just for a minute that um, Matt Baum, who does a, he does a podcast and does a YouTube channel. He did a little piece on Ellen DeGeneres, which made me rethink about how I feel about her. Oh. Um, he was, you know, he said, look, she's one of the few people who, once she realized what was going on, um, she called herself out on it and apologized. And um, We're talking about her show. Her show. So yeah. I'm trying to, you know, I... I, I'm trying, for me, I'm trying to go, okay, at least she, she really did make, tried to make amends where yes. people like to say, uh, JK Rowling, yeah, not so much. No, That's just not so much. What do you mean? <laughs> Has something changed? No. So, oh, okay. um, so it's just, you know, so that's one thing that, um, I, I've tried to, and I've gained back some respect for Ellen DeGeneres going, mm -hmm. you know what, she, God, she is such a trailblazer you know and and really there you that's a good connection between her and and William Haynes that there what's was the, what's the name of the podcast again um it's I don't know the name of that the 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 actual podcast it's uh the sewers of Paris okay it, it's the YouTube channel where she where he actually talks about Elton oh Elton. okay so that's it's just Matt Baum but yeah I just I feel like there's a similar draw there in terms of just what we see it you know playing out with our our actors and just people who are oh, yeah. you know in the light as it were it's something that i mean you look about paths of careers of of starting with william haynes there's another another person who i'm not going to say because this you know me that probably we're going to talk about next time from okay. that same time frame who um who uh had a had a different differentness we'll leave it at that okay <laughs> Ooh, um, a mystery for the next show well you know i just i bet um i'm really finding this i i hope our listeners are enjoying this i'm just oh my god i'm finding this fascinating just going back and seeing some of the stuff that um i've learned um one of the other ones i i learned about how i learned about william hayes was from a another a, a podcast another one called you must remember this um okay and that's I boy, if you're if you're into movies and old time Hollywood, it's it's a must listen. It's just she's amazing. So okay. um so that's that's been it's been the weirdest, uh, I will say the weirdest journey that I've gone on. I mean, I knew podcasts existed. I had before you and I started our podcast, I listened to mainly gayest episode ever, which mm -hmm. I love that one. Mm -hmm that really hadn't done a lot, you know, of listening. And then just, I have just, my God, it's become, I started going, God, do I really need cable anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Much. Honestly, I know a couple of people have just forgo um, streaming services and just, they invest money in the podcast shows that they are enjoying because it's, 
it's just more enjoyable. It's just a more enjoyable experience. And, you know, I don't blame them. There's so many different streaming services now. It's like, gosh, can't, it's hard to keep track. And things, you know, we have like things like Star Trek being, t- you know, certain things being taken down and things being traded around. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. We're not, we're, speaking of Star Trek, we're going to finally get the last season of Discovery to, in in not till 2024, at some point in 2024, because of everything going on with rider strikes and shit like that. Early 2024, but yeah, still, but I'm, it's just like, yo. So waiting <laughs> so that like someday, um, someday it'll happen. And I'm still hoping that, and I've just lost her name, that the uh, the beautiful redhead, um, curly redheaded. Yes. Um, oh shoot. <laughs> anyway, as she gets a spinoff about the academy where she went to so i'm hoping that i'm still praying that that happens but that's, yes i i i really i really liked her uh character and i liked in the last show um mary wiseman um yeah. but what's I her really, name on the show <laughs> oh well i can't remember but mary is awesome um uh uh tilly Tilly, thank yes, you. Tilly. Uh, I'm like, I know the name. I know the name. Give me a second. Uh, I, I just, I really liked that ending, like one of the last couple episodes of season two, where she caught, she really pulls these, these recruits that are new, really pulls them through at, at the end there. And it was just, I don't know. I really liked her character and um, I like to see more, like you said, that would be fun. And I mean, and again, the whole thing about, you know, talking about, you know, getting it back on, on, um, William Haynes. So just we need to support. We just need to support any shows that are, and granted, she's not queer herself, but very, but she's been a oh, big supporter. Big supporter, people. yeah. And I mean, so we need to support all those people. We need to show it by, it's a business, and we have to make sure that we're watching these shows that are are queer centric. Well, and-, and it would be nice to know what those 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 numbers are when they say, "Well, this is a top rated show." you say it's a top rated show but is it actually a top rated show like i just feel like there's so much mystery oh we're canceling the show because it had low viewing i'm like did it actually have low viewing well it's funny that um they're one of the one of the that was one of the things about the writer's strike in particular that they oh were, sure that they one of the, and so they got kind of some of their demands met where they there are certain people who will be able to look at the numbers with an NDA attached to it, which I think is just fucking okay, whatever. But to help judge what shows that that these writers should be getting more money for for the residuals coming in. So right, like really, but whatever. Okay, so um, I haven't followed the details of the writer strike. I just I other than I I don't think people are getting paid what they're worth. You know, oh, no. that we've known that for a while. We've talked about that before in the sh- the show. Just in in relation to other topics but not in detail so i haven't spent a lot of time i think that i think we talked about when we were talking about like there was that weird episode in star trek next generation it was like where did that come from and it was during the rider block uh rider strike excuse me oh yeah the one where which which one the one where where uh troy is going into riker's mind yeah just you know pick it pick the it was there was just some weird there were some weird episodes that probably needed a little more attention. But yeah, anyway, I I think that really I mean I, we can if you want to I can go down a road and keep talking about queer television and, <laughs> and movies. Nah, and I, we, I should there, we should but save I'm it. We should save it. I'm really enjoying this new format we're doing. I, I yeah, hope, I, I am too. Fun. I I think that um just with everything that we have going on, talking about. Uh, news and talking about you know the topic of you know that you're come up with in terms of popular culture or whatever um i i need to do a little bit more on my format for for the news i want to i'm not quite feeling my my flow as it were but i'll i'll continue to play with it over the next few episodes to to find that that rhythm um but yeah i i'm enjoying it as well i'm enjoying being back on the show and and having this time with you i miss you um we should schedule more puppy dates and let let our dogs run around and be crazy so <laughs> no it's it's 
it's very true. Have I even been to your guys' new house? You have. We've recorded here uh, twice. Okay. All right. I was like, I couldn't remember for it's been that it, long. It's though. been a long. It's been almost uh, not quite a year. It's been almost a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how time flies when you're busy living life, but uh huh. Oh, you, so right. you have to slow down and enjoy the people that are in it, though. So. Yeah. All right, well, let's end this. Let's end let's this. Let's do part. it. All right, guys. We don't need to get all sad right now. All right. All right. So um, two weeks from now, we'll be back in your ear. And until then, be well. And be queer, you wonderfully fabulous motherfuckers. <laughs> Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Conundrum Podcast. And email us at queernundrum at queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>